the older I get, the more I realize it's true. There's nothing in this world that can compare to our God. Now, I got a, I got a confession to make to you guys. I'm a little bit hyped about these squad wars. Tonight was, tonight was pretty good. And if you know me, you know I might like a little bit of drama, a little bit of good competition, maybe an epic feud, maybe an epic feud, right? Like, yes, that's so good. Or like, or like LeBron versus Michael, right? What about Popeyes versus Chick-fil-A? The clear winner in that debate is Bojangles. <laughs> Unless you're on a road trip and it's a little bit spicy. <laughs> All right, back on the rails. All right. I love a little bit of drama, but I don't love all good feuds. Here's, here's the reality, if we're going to bring it in a little bit. I don't love every feud. I like feuds about chicken sandwiches and basketball uh, teams and players and celebrities. But I, I'm not a big fan of feuds that actually impact relationships that I have uh, with, with people, with, with my God, yeah. Now, I'm sure you guys have probably had a fight with someone before, right? Maybe a parent, a friend. That's not an amen moment, okay? Like, I'm going to give you some amen moments that, that's not it, so we gotta get we gotta get in sync here a little bit. Um, but I'm sure that you guys have have been through a moment where maybe you got into a fight with a friend or a parent, and it probably seems like less of a big deal now than it did then. But at one point, it was like a really big deal, right? Like it it almost felt like there was this wall between you and that person, and no one was willing to take the first step, right? You guys ever experienced that before? What are, first of all, I need a volunteer with some good handwriting. Some good ha- I saw some hands go up and then down real quickly. Oh, I want to volunteer when we eat crackers, but not when I have to write something. All right, come on up here. Come on up here. Tell everyone, what is your name and where are you from? Adelaide Vernon, and I'm from Bristol, Tennessee. All right, your parents are so proud of you. I just want you to know that. All right, here's your Sharpie. So y'all work with me real quick for a minute. Let's think about some things that happens that causes us to build a wall. This is my wall right here. Can you see it? (laughs) It's camo, but anyways, you see it. Uh, That's great. So what are some things that causes us to build a wall between us and someone else? I'm going to give you one example, and then I want you to go from there. So what about jealousy? That's a big one, right? Can you write down jealousy for me? While you write down jealousy... Put a little tape, yeah, put a little tape on it and stick it on a bucket, all right? On the wall, on a brick. Over here, what's what's another one? Arguments. Can you write the word arguments? I need someone who's really good at taping things. Just realize I need someone else. All right, you come on up. All right, arguments. That was a good one. What's another one? You You with the mohawk. What is it? Disagreements. That's a good one. Mm. Okay, we're going. F- girl, how fast can you ride? I didn't ask the question. All right, give the girl a break, okay? She's from Bristol, you know. I'm just. <laughs> take your t- 
Take it for what you want, you know. They put they put dirt on a perfectly good racetrack. I don't understand it. <laughs> Apparently. All right. Yes, ma'am. Social anxiety. Man, that's a good one. <laughs> We're going to work together, okay? I know we all go to school around here, you know. I did too. I'm not hating. My Johnson County representative over here, yeah. I'm from Mountain City, if you didn't know that. That's right. All right. Yes, my former. Everybody else, listen up. Let's hear what she says. A lot of pressure now, I know. I'm sorry. Cheating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or at school, or <laughs> this sounds like something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you uh you missed a cracker over here. I gave you a little credit because you about died, but it was great. I gave you credit for the effort. All right, yes, bud. Lies that can build a wall, can't it? What you got, bud? Yeah. <laughs> the last pizza pizza can start a real argument. <laughs> no. Yes. Guys, listen, I can't hear. Three, two, one. Shh. Politics. It's real. It's real. We don't have to fill up every bucket. How are we doing up here? She, you're doing really good. Polite, polite ticks. That's good. You know, we're we're in this together. Yes. Fear. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's stop with this one. Put it down. Give it up for our lovely volunteers as they head back to their seats. Sit there. All right. We've presented some really good good ones here. There's a lot of things that can come between us and the relationships in our life, right? Whether it's a friend, a family member, someone you hardly know, um, relationships aren't easy. Um, and they're not always happy. Like, we compare each other. We fight. We compete. We even stop talking to each other. And all these individual bricks that we come up with here can eventually grow from one little fracture into a wall of separation between you and someone else, right? It can result into a, a relationship that's broken. It might seem like it's impossible to put back together. This is a problem for many of us today, but it was also a problem because we were talking about earlier the, the early church, right, as we talked about the first church. Let me give you a quick uh, recap, and you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians, okay? Um, Paul, the author of the book of Ephesians, he was one of the early leaders in the church. Remember, the church doesn't mean just a building. This is a lovely building, but the church is not just an event or a building. It's a group of believers. It's God's family, a community of people trying to follow Jesus together. And in the early days of the church before social media, the best way for things to spread was by letter, right, for word to get out. And so this letter that we're reading from the book of Ephesians, Paul was writing to a church family. In the city of Ephesus. So before we dive in, you should know 
church was made of two groups of people. You may know them, you've probably heard, the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Jesus, by the way, was a Jew. Well done. And the Jews were God's chosen people, the people who were used to tell God's story, um, kind of gave us a lot of the Old Testament of the Bible. Gentiles is a word that means everyone who wasn't a Jew, right? Pretty easy. Um, so if you weren't Jewish back then, you would have been called a Gentile. Now, before the start of the early church, these Jews and Gentiles were not people you often would find hanging out together, right? For generations, they had big differences of opinion on certain issues that divided them. And so when Jesus comes in the scene and he declared to everyone, both Jew and Gentile, that they were all invited to be a part of God's family, well, some of the Jews and Gentiles struggled with that, but some finally came together around this message of unity, this message of hope uh, around Jesus. But getting along, even with something in common, still wasn't easy, right? Just because we may have one thing in common that's Jesus, we are still different people, and it's hard to get along, isn't it? Um, and so Paul knew that those walls of separation, they could not exist between followers of Jesus if the church was going to survive. So we're going to read together chapter 2, starting at verse number 11. It says this, So then remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcised by those who were called the circumcised, which is done in the flesh by human hands. At that time, you were without Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenant of promise without hope and without God in the world. Transition word. But, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away from him have been brought near the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who made both groups one. And he tore down the dividing what? Wall of hostility in his flesh. He made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so he might reconcile both God and one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. He came and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to those uh, in the Father. Let me pray for us. God, you're so good. Lord, you're so good to us that when we didn't deserve it, you sent your son, Lord, as we celebrated Easter weekend a couple weeks ago, who took on this, this death, this humiliation, this punishment he didn't deserve. And he took it for everyone in this room. And he rose again, and through the power of the resurrection, we can have hope. We can break down the walls of hostility between us and you and us and those around us because of what your son did on the cross. As he, and as he rose again, God, would you break down walls in our lives tonight as we consider what may be between us and you or us and those around us. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. There's a lot going on here. I love that he's talking to them and reminding them who they were before they believed in Jesus. We talked about belief this morning, right? What is belief? It's faith, right? You believe that chair is going to hold you up. You're going to sit in it. It's going to hold you up. They, 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 he's reminding us who we were before Jesus. We, before Jesus, we were without hope. We were, uh, we were without hope and without God in the world. And we're going to read more about that in a minute. But now in Christ, those of us who've been far away are now been brought near. We've been given life. We've been given hope. 
We're going to learn about some other things. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, he tore down that wall of hostility that was destroying the early church, but also that wall between us. In fact, there's two, there's two walls he's talking about here. The wall that was separating the Jews and the Gentiles, and the wall that was separating us from God. Remember we talked about this this morning? Okay, all right. Give you a But there was a separation, right, that took place because of what sin did. And because of what Jesus did, that separation can be returned and be bridged. Paul says that through Jesus, both of the walls between us and God and us and those around us can be knocked down. So to fully understand what this means, we need to talk about the wall that exists between us and God. So go back, chapter 2, verse 1. Verse 1, this is so rich and deep. Focus in the next 10 minutes for me, okay? This is good. This could change your life. Verse number 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But, that transition word again, God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You were saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display immeasurable riches of his grace through the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by what? Grace. Through what? Faith. And it's not from us. It's a gift from who? Right. Can you earn it? No. It's not from works. Because if we could, what could happen? We could what? Boast. Man, can you just focus on this verse 10? Just just believe this. When, I, when it says we, he's talking about you. For you are his what? Workmanship. And you were created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. <laughs> Which was prepared for you in? Ahead of time, right? Man, that's good. Let's go back to the beginning. So he's writing this letter to this church, right? Uh, and we can just take this because it's to us too. And you. So and you. You were dead. You were dead in your trespasses. You've seen a no trespassing sign before? Yeah, what does that mean? We, it's a line that we can't cross, right? We were dead in our trespasses. We crossed the line challenging God's boundaries. We were dead in sin, right? Sin made us cross the line in God's boundaries. We missed the mark of God's standard. We don't give God really a lot of reason to love us, yet he does. Here's one thing you need to hear me say. We must not try to make ourselves lovable. We must just receive it because it's given to us by what it's a gift right you don't earn a gift right and it's given to us by what grace it's grace is we don't deserve it and yet he loves us that way so we were dead in our trespasses uh, before Christ this is you if you're in here and you're not a Christian if you're not a believer if you've not made Jesus king of your life this is you you're dead in your trespasses you've crossed God's line you've challenged it and, and you're, you don't have a relationship with him. You only, cared about cert, you only care about certain things if you're not a believer in Christ. 
You care about the ways of this world according to the ruler of the power of the air. Do you know who that is? Ruler of the power of the air? It's like Satan, right? So we only care about, like, evil stuff. We are disobedient. Uh, We live according to everything we want, right, our fleshly desires. Before Christ, we only care about what we want. I've I've had a baby, I have two babies. I don't have to tell them, you know, to tell me what they want. They let me know what they want, right? But we're born in this world. We want what we want, and it doesn't matter how else we get it. We want what we want. Before Christ, that's who we are. We only care about what we want, and ultimately, we are children of wrath. That's not very nice. Is it? That's not very exciting. But before Christ, that's who we are. We're children of wrath. We only care about evil stuff. We only care about ourselves. But it's the grace of God that gives us this gift. That big transition word, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love for us, has made us alive with Christ. See, we were dead before. We were walking zombies. We had no purpose. We had no hope. We, we, we didn't understand what we are here and put in this earth to do. All of that purpose and hope and happiness and joy comes from knowing Jesus, being saved by him. Remember, we were alive in Christ, though we were once dead in trespasses, and we are saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves; It's a gift from God. And if you can hear anything else I say tonight, man, just know you're valuable by your creator. We talked this morning. He sealed you, right? Your creator values you. Don't let this world tell you that you're worthless. That you don't have a place because your creator says you do. In fact, it says he had a plan for you before you were even born ahead of time. There is a purpose for each person in this room. And as we talked about this morning, you have a unique gift and ability. And God's going to equip you to live that purpose out for his glory. Guys, you, you, you have purpose. You were created to do good works. Maybe you've heard people say the phrase, Jesus saves. And it may be because you're like, what do we save from, right? And we, we've learned this morning, you know, we are saved, meaning that Jesus rescued us from life and eternity, separated from the hope of God, the relationship of God. Sin is what we need to be saved from. Sin is the thing that robs us of our connection to our creator. Sin is everything that goes against a holy God. He's holy. He can't be in contact with sin, right? And so because of sin, every single one of us in this room are separated from our creator who wants to have a relationship with you, who wants to open up your world to things you can't even imagine for yourselves. Me and Colt have been talking 20 years ago. We were in your position, and now over the next three weeks, we're going to serve in a new city. We're going to serve in New York City. God's called both of us up there. We couldn't have planned that ourselves. That's not something we can do. That's something only God does. And that's what he wants to do for you. See, on the cross, Jesus fixed it. On his death and his resurrection, Jesus made a way for us to no longer be separated from God. He took the first step. Jesus took the first step toward us. He pulled down the wall that separated us from God, and he made a way for us to be reconciled to him. So in this chapter, Paul talks a lot about a big word, reconciliation, but what does it mean to be reconciled? Well, first, Peter describes this. Jesus tore down the walls. Look back at verse 14 with me. For he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing walls. You know what Jesus did? Sorry if I hurt you. This is what Jesus did, right? 
All that junk we wrote on there that separates us, that junk that separates us from having true relationships with other people and with our creator, Jesus destroyed the wall, and then he created something new. Jesus created a new way for us to be close to God. doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. You're under the name of Jesus now. And so when I think about reconciliation, I think about what's left after these buckets are gone. Let's finish the job, right? Jesus finished the job. What's left there? There's something here. Table, right? And a Sharpie. Very deep. All right, back on the tracks. Back on the tracks. When I think about reconciliation, I think about tables. I think about tables. When Jesus tore down the wall of separation between us, it's kind of like he tore down the wall and then he left the table and invited us to take a seat at it. Let me tell you what tables do. Walls separate, but tables help us to see eye to eye with people, right? When you sit at a table, you see eye to eye. You have conversations. You share meals. You invite other people in to join you. And although we were separated from God and from each other, God decided to make reconciliation possible for us through Jesus. We can now have peace with God and each other. You guys get that? Because of what Jesus did, we can now have peace with God and with each other. But what does our reconciliation with God have to do with how we get along with those around us? See, because of Jesus, we are, we are reconciled with God. Because of Jesus, we can do for others what God has done for us. This is our main point for tonight. We can do for others what God has done for us. Remember how I talked about grace? There's nothing you can do to earn the salvation that God offers so freely. There was nothing you could do to, to make him love you any more or any less. And because of that grace he shows us, there's nothing anyone can do to you that you don't have the power to forgive them because of Jesus. Okay? It can be painful. It can be hurtful. But because Jesus took the first step towards us, or God took the first step towards us by sending Jesus, we can take the first step in the, in the walls that are between us and the relationships in our life because of what Jesus did. You see, in the early church, there were Jews and Gentiles. Both the groups had traditions surrounding how they followed God, and it was easy for them to get swept up judging one another. Do we do that sometimes? We judge one another, disagree. Maybe we're a little stubborn, right, about our own perspectives. But Paul knew that the walls of division would keep God's family from truly thriving. Same is still true today. Just like God and the Jews and the Gentiles tried to reconcile and make peace with each other back then, God is calling each one of you to do the same thing through the power of what he did for us on the cross. You can have reconciliation with God, your creator, first, and because of that, with those around you. Just like God took the first step towards us, we can do so for others. So why? Because we're God's family, and as God's family, we can do for others what God has done for us. Now, is it going to be easy? That's not easy, is it? It's not easy to reconcile with people who disagree with us. Y'all said politics earlier. You don't see a lot of Republicans and Democrats hanging out, right? We have things in the world that separate us, right? It's not easy, but we should love every person on both sides of the aisle the same because we have a bond of peace through Jesus. And it can be really difficult. 
it's not easy to, number one, humble ourselves, is it? It's not easy to, number two, ask for forgiveness. And it's not easy to, lastly, give that forgiveness to other people. Those are really big, hard things that only you can do through the power of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. And experiences like those are tangible reminders for me of what Jesus did for us. It doesn't just matter in eternity, which it does matter a whole lot. But what Jesus did for us on the cross changes our whole life now. You're not just saved and then you do what you want for the next 50 years. That's not it at all. Remember, you're his workmanship, created for a purpose, to do good works, to pass on the good news of Jesus to those around you and everything that you do to use your gifts in the church. This is what we're called to do. This is what life in Christ is. This is what we're all called to do. And Jesus modeled for it, and Paul taught us we can do for others what God has done for us. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you tonight. I want to challenge you even as you leave this place tomorrow. Start tearing down a wall and building a table. Maybe the wall you need to tear down is between you and God. And we, we've, we've presented Jesus to you as clearly and real as we can. But if you're walking around and you feel like you can't figure out, you don't have meaning or purpose, and you feel lost, you can come to Jesus tonight and make him king of your life. And, he, and instantly he says he has a plan for you, already laid out, that you can walk in confidently. And as you do, he'll start equipping you and growing you. It's a process. We grow in the Lord for the rest of our lives. We never get there. It's a process, right? He can do that for you. So maybe the first wall in your life that needs to be torn down is that. You need to receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that he died and rose again and created that moment where you're with, right? So you can be with God again. Maybe some of you have some walls in the relationships in your life between you and other people. And you know, like Jesus made the first move toward you and me, maybe there's someone in your life that you need to make the first move toward as well. So how do you need to humble yourself? How do you need to ask for forgiveness? And how do you need to give forgiveness to those around you? Colt, you can start coming up. Guys, the church is God's family, but if we don't act like God's family, we're going to need to tear down some walls and build some tables and do the hard work of doing for others what God has done for us. Let's close our eyes for just a moment. Guys, this is a very special moment. You have heard the good news of Jesus. You have heard the word of God spoken to you. What we have shared with you has the power to change your life forever, to take you places you could never imagine for yourself. You can't dream what God could do in your life. There's not a reality show out there that can, uh, you know, outcreate what our God can do through your life. And so maybe in here tonight, you, you need to come down and talk to a counselor, talk to Uncle Paul or myself. And it's not anything we do other than putting our faith in Jesus, right? We believe that he really is who he said he was, that he really did what he said he would do. And if you take that moment and believe and repent of your sins, he will save you. And then he will set you on a new course. He will give you new life. He will give you hope. He will give you the purpose you've been looking for. 
You are his creation that he loves. He died for you. He broke that wall down for you. What are you going to do with that? Every person in this room has to deal with this question of our faith. If you're not in here, don't let this moment slip you by and you walk with Jesus. Let this moment slip by. If you're in here and you're struggling in your relationships with family or friends and you know that there's some walls of hostility between you and others, how can you humble yourself and take the first step? Maybe it's praying to God to give you the power to do that, to to rebuild what was restored, because through Jesus, we can have relationships rebuild with other people as well. Let me pray for us. When I'm done, you can stand up. Uh, Your counselors are going to be around. Uncle Paul's going to come down front here. He's going to be available to you. Guys, don't let this moment pass you by. Lord, thank you for the time that we've had together with these students, God, and all the fun that we've had, Lord, and we've played crazy games and done awesome stuff, God. All that stuff is great, but Lord, you are the good, good Father. You were the one that sent your Son and made a way for us. God, if there's a student in this room that doesn't truly believe that, God, and grasp that, Lord, would you move? Would you move in this place tonight? Would you move in their hearts right now in a real, authentic, fresh, new way and show them (laughs) there's so much more for them than they're currently experiencing? Because without you, we're just dead people walking around with no hope. God, if we're struggling in our relationships with the people that you've planted us around, Lord, would you move and how we can take that first step to reconciliation? Lord, only through your blood can we do that. Move in this room tonight. Would you show up? Lord, we love you. Amen. You can stand. Let's worship. If you need to come forward and talk to somebody, do so.